0: The sun has left and forgotten me. It's dark. I cannot Yet see. another wonderful guest introduced me via LinkedIn. I don't even know how we connected, but listeners, you are in for a treat. Today we have Natalie Jobati on the Your Stories Don't Define You, How You Tell Them Will podcast, um, who recently published her book it's your time to shine, girl. And when I saw the title of that book, it just reminded me of all the conversations I've had with women, particularly in their 40s, who are going through major transition and transformation, which I did in that decade. And I'm just so eager to start this conversation. Natalie, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Sarah, I'm so happy to be here. I can't wait for our conversation. (laughs) <laughs> well, um, we
0: jumped right in before I could even think to hit record on StrengthsFinder, which of course, I'm I'm a big fan of this tool, but hearing the way you talked about your aha moments and how it changed, your results changed over the recent years, I wanted to make sure I hit record before we dove any further into that. But I'd like to back up a little bit and start where I always like to start with this conversation. and. Ask you to share something about yourself that most people don't know about you. Things that something that um, isn't on your LinkedIn profile, and that you know has had a huge impact in who you are today.
1: Mm. I had it. Uh, yeah. So it's funny because I just published a book and I share a lot about myself in the book. So I'm thinking, what's not in the book that people don't know that? <laughs> so, but something I think I haven't I, I haven't talked a lot about, but I know is true and it's coming out a little bit more and more is that, so I used to draw. So I, my mother is very artistic and she's a craftsman in all kinds of modalities. My sister's a graphic designer. So there's a definitely artistic trend in my family, both my family lines. I, I'm the eldest of three and um, I was, wait okay, so let me just, I'll just say, so I used to love to draw. And I remember like in my, like nine-year-old, 10-year-old, 12-year-old self, I would just draw for pleasure. And so I was a particular kind of drawer though, Sarah, I, I couldn't draw from my mind. I had to like see an object, like a picture or a, the object or a or, or a copy of something, and then I could copy it, I could enlarge it, shrink it, whatever, and it would be great, but I couldn't I couldn't do that from my mind. So I was just doing this. Um, and I would give it to give, give it a, whatever I draw to, to family members, like as gifts, like, Hey, I drew this Mickey mouse. So I drew this, whatever, whatever I drew. Right. And i remember like, I used to love, I got this great joy doing that. So, um, from where I'm from Trinidad and Tobago the way the school system is set up is when you're around the age of 13, 14, you have to pick subjects. And so I wanted to pick art as a subject and, I think I was might have been sharing with my mother, like I want to do. I want to do art, and my mom, bless her heart, she meant well. I think because she's an artist, artist, she actually was supposed to go to art school and all that before she got married and all that, and that changed everything. But she said to me, "But you're not, a, you're not an artist. You just copy stuff," and <laughs> so all that changed everything. It that narrative, I have, I, I can remember how I felt, where I was literally her saying i am not an artist i just copy stuff i was like i'm really i don't i just copy i don't draw and it just shut it down i didn't Ah. do art and i stopped drawing (laughs) i did a little bit like in my in my late 30s early in my 30s somewhere i was like can i still do this and i remember like i drew a a person from a, a photograph a, a friend of mine a picture of him and I wish I I don't have any any replica of what I've ever drawn I even that one I, I don't know where it went it, it got it disappeared but I did that and it was like oh man you still got it but I think the narrative of you're <laughs> not that and what I took that to mean to Sarah was you're not that creative <sighs> Uh, so you are
0: speaking right to my heart. Mm. <laughs> it's 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 heartbreaking because I know as a mother, mm. I've I've done things like that to my children, even though I, I know better. And the reason it breaks my heart is because when I was a kid, I also loved to do art, but I was, I was never a drawing kind of artist. That was never my my medium. And um my mom is a fantastic. Artist. She sketches. Wow. She paints. And her twin sister also is super talented wow. in sketching and painting watercolors. And I remember when I was in fifth grade and it was science fair, and what I really wanted to do was get clay and sculpt dinosaurs, <laughs> and have a demonstration of dinosaurs, um, what era they lived, what they ate. You know what? You know basic. I've always been a big dinosaur fanatic, which is funny because my niece, my brother's daughter is also a dinosaur fanatic. But anyway, so I remember asking my mom for clay and telling her what I wanted to do. And she so hard tried to dissuade me. She didn't say, you're not an artist. She just tried hard to dissuade me from doing this particular project Mm -hmm. and kept giving me other ideas. I said, no, 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 this is what I want to do. So finally, she brought me some clay. And the first thing I did was I made a triceratops because Mm. that's my favorite, Sarah, triceratops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Favorite dinosaur. So I made a triceratops and I will never forget, like your mother, my mother came up behind me at the table and said, wow, that's, that's really good. And I knew in my fifth grade mind what she was telling me. It it was a total shock to her. Oh, that I had was this good. ability to do this. Oh wow! Because I wasn't a drawing kind of artist. Yes, you're creative. I'm absolutely creative. So when you told me that story, of course my heart's kind of pounding, and I'm thinking I'm trying to think if if I ever did that with my kids, and I may have to ask them mm. because I want to know now when they're in their early 20s, what narrative yeah. they're holding on to so that we can address it. Because I know my mom didn't mean to tell me I wasn't creative. She didn't mean to tell me I wasn't an artist by her behavior. That was if she knew, which I don't know, she'll listen to this episode. She would be mortified. Well,
1: Absolutely. let me, I want to mortified. jump into because I, so I have, I've addressed this with my mom, you know, in my later years and she is what she was modified that she didn't realize the impact it had on me. And so she actually has been you not, know, she doesn't have none, but she was like, when I told her she's like, no, 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 you you go on draw And She's like, Why don't you now she tries to do it? Like, no, no, like, well, it was a while ago, but and I'm like, Yeah, and I don't care, I don't care, I don't want to do that anymore. And I I really kind of didn't. But here's, and we'll get to this point. I think so. So she if she knew the impact of those words on me, she would not have said them. But nobody right. knows, we don't know the power of our voice and and what how it shapes someone. It is just, um, that's a whole other conversation, right? The power of our voice, right? But um, but suffice it to say that so that was the journey I I so I I relied on my very strong strategic connect the dot mind, which I do have, right? So I have that ability. And which to, is also creative. Well that's <laughs> yeah, so, so, right because even in even my, me as a writer I realized that writing is a way I have like on the down low being creative right it's like a way of creative expression even though it's I'm writing like truth and it's not fiction it's non-fiction it's it's, it's whatever it's how to stuff it's still my way of expression but what has been cool is so so I don't know how we're going to get to this, but literally, I I realized in looking at my career trajectory, I went from market researcher, head, 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 right, total data and all this stuff, pivoted like like 180 degrees to leap from employee to entrepreneur, and I became an image consultant, and everybody's like, what? Nobody understood what I was doing, I all I knew was like, I found this career, I knew I would have been looking for a career, I knew it was, I was like, I need a new career, I knew and I knew I wanted to be creative. So that part of me was still alive and like, okay, I'm not a drawer, but what am I supposed to be doing? Right. And when I saw this field, Sarah, I was just like, oh, I can get a career doing this. And I literally just, I was just like, I, I did a training or whatever thing. And then I, when I left my job, everybody was like confused because they're like market research. What? Nobody even knew what it was back in the 2007 when I, when I did that. Um, And I just went head first, believed in myself. I just, I look back, I'm like, what did I, what, like, what gave me the gall? Like I put it in the book, what gave me the, like, the confidence, the bravado, the, whatever, all the words, like to think that I can build something from nothing, like literally from nothing. But that's what I did. I built a brand and a business from zero and a brand and business people didn't know much about Anyway, I don't want to. Get, that's not the story I want to tell today. So I did that. So that was my way of. That was style and fashion and clothes and colors and it was it was so creative. And I think in the first few years, I was go. I was doing fashion shows. I was going and doing. I was doing all the things that I didn't know I could do. And I was I was out there in a way that because I'm an introvert. And I never tried to, I was never trying to be in the spotlight or whatever, but I but, but as the brand Image Diva, which I call myself, I was out there and on TV and and giving talks. And I was like, oh my God, I never gave talks in my market research career. I used to avoid talk talking as much as I could. Yeah. You know, I used to like, but no, don't, I don't want to do the presentation, you do whatever. Like, and here I am. Um, because because I was so solid in my purpose hour in that. I would do whatever, even the things I didn't want to do, I did them for, in, in service of the business and the brand and this, in service to the woman that I was, became my, I was like, oh my God, I, I that's when my whole like woman empowering woman thing, I don't know, it just, whew, it just came strong and I haven't wavered from that since, but that was my creative there. But here's what happened though. After a while. I thought this was going to be my career, forever career. It was so exciting and thrilling. But after a while, it started to feel rote. And I didn't understand. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, why am I not enjoying it the way I did? And why is it now seeming kind of boring to me? What I learned about myself, and I don't want to get into what I learned about myself. Start with this whole, so now I'm a leadership coach, right? Which is interesting because this book that I just wrote literally merges integrates my identities in a way that I didn't know was going to happen, but that's what God is doing in my life right now. Literally like image consultant self, connect the dot strategic self. All the versions of me are integrating right now into this brilliance unveiler that I say that I am today. And what I realized Sarah from that journey recently realized in the journey of who am I? Am I creative? Am I not? Am I this? I'm all of them. And I have, so it's something I tell my clients, and I know you understand when I say this, like we are, all of us are multi gifted and multi faceted. We don't have to box ourselves into, well, I can only be creative and do this, or I could only be strategic and do that. I have a client right now. Oh my God. She literally is the, the epitome of this. She's an artist, artist and a writer, and she's a strategic consultant to big com- a big company right now. When I met her, she was trying to like, what facet herself in this, in this, when she's in this space, she's that way when she's that. And I was like, wait, 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 what? Uh, 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 uh. And so we have, we had to do work to, I was like, you are all of this integrate. Mm-hmm. and you show up as all of you in all the spaces. You don't try to just, you. and so literally, oh my God, it's so amazing. And gratifying to see the brand that she's building now fully more fully who all of who she is, in all the spaces, um, because, but I, I could recognize it because that was me, it mm-hmm. was me. So I'm gonna pause, I, I'm talking a lot, yeah. I, well, that's why you're here.
0: <laughs> but I, I, I hear you in so many ways that integrating, bringing your whole self everywhere. As a matter of fact, um, I tell the story about one of my first StrengthsFinder clients, we were bartering, he's this amazing business coach. And um, he was one of the top salesmen for KPMG in Canada for years. Oh. And he took StrengthsFinder. And I, had, I was just getting started with that tool, really. So I was looking for people to barter so that I wouldn't accept cash for the work I was doing. Mm. And I remember a um, conversation and I'm looking at his strengths and he has empathy and mm-hmm. achiever on his top five. And I said, so were you surprised by any of these results? And he said, well, I was surprised to see competition at the top. Now, this is somebody I know well. We've been in in touch via LinkedIn. That's how we met. And then we met in person at the first No Longer Virtual event in 2017. So this is somebody I know pretty well. And I said, really, you're surprised by that. Why are you surprised to see competition? I mean, you're a salesman. And he says... Yeah, but you know, I left that job, and now I'm a I'm a coach. I'm I'm helping CEOs develop and scale their businesses, and training people to do sales. He's like, so I really didn't think that that would show up, but I figure I must have had my work brain on. And yep. I said, interesting. Oh, so you think your work brain is different from your other brain? That they're somehow <laughs> a, they're compartmentalized somehow. And yep. he said well, yeah, like, you know, I'm different at work than I am at home. I said, you think so? Yeah. And I said, okay, do me a favor. Don't include the word competition, because that's just a placeholder to describe a behavior, Mm -hmm. to describe an approach. Mm -hmm. Don't use that word, but take the paragraph in your strengths insight guide that describes your competition, just -hmm. the paragraph, send it to your two teenagers and your wife, Mm. ask them to read it. Don't give them Mm -hmm. any clue that you're not sure it fits. Mm -hmm. Just tell them, would you read this for me and let me know your thoughts? Mm -hmm. He said, okay. And we got off the phone and I get a text message minutes later. He says, my wife says, oh yes, it definitely fits me. But she's surprised to see empathy in my top talents, (laughs) Uh (laughs) which is hilarious. But I said to him, just because... Your uh, the way you present competition is different at home and at work. It doesn't mean you're not using it
1: as your tool, as your exactly. approach. Exactly. To problem solving. Exactly. So, so to, to get to the, the, the Clifton Strength, Strengths Finder assessment, I think one of the when we we're talking about before we were co- recording, me knowing that strategic is my number one makes a whole lot of sense. But ideation is number five not but, and ideation is number five. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you, <laughs> it's Natalie. such a critical <laughs> correction there. I know, I know. And, it's an and, and ideation is number five. And it's like, that makes all, like, I'm like, it was so like, yes, I have a lots of ideas. That to me is my creative expression. Uh, my connectedness is number six. You know, so I see how both sides or not, but they're not in size, not in both, the multi-sides of me. Facets, right? Facets so many facets. Of, yeah, facets of me show up in my Clifton strengths, which is why I love the assessment. Because what I see, like I was we were sharing before the call, when I meet a person I hear and I start talking to them, I'm like, ooh, I wonder what's making them say that. Is and I think of the different strengths as is, is this is it intellection, is it is it deliberative, is it strategic, or whatever? And with my clients. When I see, I don't know if this will be true for you, sorry. When I see, I have them all do it. This is like a, like, that's the non-negotiable. You have to do crypto strikes. When I look at this, whether we go through it or not, I just want to know. I just need to, I want to know. I want to see it. Because, because when I see this, the, the top 10, I something in my head clicks. And I go, ooh, and let's say they're in one lane. Like I have a client who related was her number one, is a number one. And she was like, I do not understand how that is number one. It makes no sense to me. And I didn't know why well enough in the beginning. I'm like, well, we'll just see. Let's just go. And the more I knew, I'm like, don't you see how that's related? Like, it, I'm just like, you are related. Your superpower is your real. And she, it, look, it took her a really long time to embrace because, because a lot of times what happens is people like me who are introverts, we think. We think introversion means non-relational or something. I don't know what that is about. But mm-hmm. she's like, I'm an intro. it's like, it doesn't matter. I said, I, th- I think in intro- my opinion, I think because we're introverts, sometimes we are able to get that, make those deeper connections. We're able to get to make those stronger, genuine, authentic bonds with people because we're more one-on-one than one to many people. And I could be wrong about that, but I know it's true for me. Give me one-on-one with the right people. I am like. I'm right there with them groups mm-hmm. which I have coming up in a, I have a big group I'm leading in a, in, a, in an hour or so. And I'm like, part of me is like, Oh, help me Jesus. Like, you know, like, <laughs> because, because my, I have, um, I can read, I have empathy high in my top 10 as well. Actually, no, it's in my top 11. Um, but like I read rooms. And so when I have a lot of people in front of me, like my, my, all of that is like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Like it could be a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, I strengths finder. We can say I can just keep going on about that. Well, you
0: know, I'm thinking about two things as as you're speaking. One is um, the way that I coach people using this tool is with this clear explanation that it it acknowledges the complexity of your human brain, mm. where many of the assessments, no matter how accurate they are, they become kind of a an either or. They box so- you in. Either you're an extrovert or you're an introvert, unless you read deeply into the report that comes with Myers-Briggs, which you can. And if you have analytical or intellection, you may read the whole report, but most of us look at the results. We say, okay, that's me. And we walk away from it. Yeah. So if you do that with Myers-Briggs, you come away with this no gray. You're either an introvert. I'm or an INFJ.
1: Introvert. I'm INFJ. Right,
0: and it it just limits you, and it gives you an excuse to not do the things that are harder and uncomfortable for challenge you. Challenge yourself.
1: To, yes, exactly. You know, we, we're so we're sisters in this because <laughs> yeah. like when I see, sex, like, so I see with my related client. Number one, I literally, I have to keep challenging her. Challenging her. How can you use? Or when I when I hear, I said, do you realize what you're talking about is relational? And she'll go, oh. Oh, like she wasn't aware that she was using mm-hmm. those skills. And the other fact is there are times I had to challenge her to use those skills because in some way she was kind of dormant with it, mm-hmm. but it really is when she, the, the proof, and she knows this now, when she fully engages her relational abilities and she has other relational strengths, like um individualization in a top, top, I don't know Love why that either. one. Yeah. So, yeah. She has in the top 10. She had um. she has um, another one I can't think of right now but um she has like three other ones but all those together when she engages those strengths in in the work she's a vice president and in, in the work she does people come away from her talks or whatever and they're like oh my gosh because she's able to touch them and be mm-hmm. very authentic it's like so I' like oh my, oh my gosh Natalie. There are
0: two big reasons we, particularly women, but Mm. we as humans do this.
1: Mm. And
0: I had this very difficult learning experience. You know, I call them opportunities for growth. (laughs) And this was a big one. Mm. I was working with a group of women. And what I like to do sometimes is get little trinket gifts for Mm. each person in the group. If it's a small enough group that represents their strength. Mm. And it's, it's not supposed to be uh, something they love or want. It's supposed to be the exact gift of something that they would pick out for themselves because I know them so well just by simply looking at their strengths. Mm. That's, that's what the intention is. The intention is for them to see how accurate this tool can be. If yeah. I can get exactly the right thing for them, a tool for yeah. them yeah, yeah, that um, without ever having met them face to face. So wow. I, had given these, I had given these gifts. And the one woman had Achiever and Arranger in her top oh, 10, well. the hardcore, yeah. hardcore and yes. discipline. Yeah. Discipline Ooh. was way up there. So she's, she's hardcore. This is a woman that when she says she's going to do something, damn straight, it's going to get done. She's going to mm-hmm. set a goal and she's going to meet it. And mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. It can be intimidating to people, mm-hmm. especially in a woman. This becomes kind of an intimidating yeah. trifecta of yeah. talents. Yeah. So I got her these really fun organizing stickers, the kind that you would use in your daytimer okay. or a calendar. And they were fun, they were pretty, but they were also about organizing mm-hmm. and schedules and lists because mm-hmm. achievers love lists. They love to k- write something down and cross it off just for the sake of crossing it up. That's yep. an achiever, right? And yep. the arranger makes it even more so so oh, yeah. I give her this gift and first thing out of her mouth was I don't know why I got these stupid stickers hostile it was hostile and here I'm you know da, la 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 thinking these are so great I love these yeah, gifts. Yeah, I yeah. love doing this and I was it was just a slap to my face mm. if I had been in person I don't know how I would have reacted but mm. the the retreat group were in person and I was zoomed in for this session. And I remember saying, okay, well, um, let's, let's give it some time. We'll go around the table and look at everybody else's gifts. And then maybe we can come back and figure this out. Well, long story short, it never came back around Mm. to her understanding the gift or choosing. Let's put that differently, choosing Mm. to understand the gift. And I found out later that those hardcore talents that make her so good at what she does are exactly the things that she was constantly criticized for by her former partner and her Mm -hmm. ex-husband. Oh. So she wanted to distance herself from those talents because she saw them as burdens. Yeah, yeah. So if your client sees these relationship-building strengths as burdens because she's a woman in a place that is predominantly male, yes, yes, she's going to try to distance herself from those amazing talents that make her so effective. But
1: now, now she's embracing them, and now she's able to because she's she's working with you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, but no, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps because the power you you and I have the same the power of this assessment is that it's not cookie cutter, like other assessments. This is why I love it. It's just, I'm like, I don't see myself getting bored with this thing because it literally (laughs) is the individual to the person in front of us and to what they bring and how they express that particular talent or strength, right? Because let's say um, strategic. The way I am strategic, is isn't necessarily the way somebody else is strategic. The way I ideate isn't necessarily the way somebody else ideates. I have achievers number four, so it's high two. I'm definitely high achiever. <laughs> oh my god, um, definitely high achiever. Yeah. <laughs> everything, everything. Like I look at my top ten, my actually I go to like top twelve or whatever, and I'm like, wow. I I go wow for so my stuff. It's like these are the aspects of my stuff that I maximize it being number two. I am about quality, excellence all day. Like everything I do, it's not about perfectionism anymore. It's about I want to deliver the highest value that I can. You know I me; mean? I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. How can I make this better? That's me all day. And yeah, so-, so,
0: let me interrupt for a second for yeah. our listeners. Yes, um, everyone would understand what achiever is, and what I like about the difference, the distinction here is that achiever paired with relationship building talents is going to look different from achiever paired with executing and strategic thinking talents. And so uh, it's important to understand the difference. One would be more task oriented in their goals and one would be more people oriented in their goals. Mm -hmm. Um, But the other thing that um, Natalie just said was her maximizer. And for our listeners, you've heard me refer to maximizer as the, this is Spinal Tap reference, which is a movie that is a Rob Reiner film from 25 years ago, where um, it's a fake documentary about a fake rock band. And one of the, the guitar player who is hilariously uh, not very bright, <laughs> he ends up having a custom-built amplifier. And what's different is that all of his dials, instead of going to 10, go to 11. Oh, my goodness. So maximizers are are my spinal tap folks. They mm-hmm. want to take it to 11. Next level. And yeah. I just want to make sure our listeners understand Um, this is not a promotional podcast episode about finder. So I just want to make sure that um, if if the language can be kind of hard to navigate if you're not familiar. So I just want to make sure our listeners understand that's what this strategic maximizer does is she gets from point A to point B very quickly. Her brain works so fast behind the scenes that she doesn't even know that she has the path laid out in front of her. All she knows is that the path is laid out. And she is going to make this not just meaningful and valuable, but extraordinary. Epic. That's what a strategic maximizer is. Epic
1: if she can. She's an F. Yep. <laughs> I love I love how it was funny because I haven't had anybody look at my strengths for me objectively because these are the new ones, right? And go strategic maximizer like, like as a pair together. Like I love what you just said there, Sarah, because I'm like, you actually have it as a pair. And I'm like, oh, it's a pair thing because I pair I pair I pair so what I wrote, what I what I have I'm looking at my notes right because literally this is so new this is this version is so new my strategic my ideation and my connectedness that's one of my my com I call it my combos but strategic maximizer I don't know that I had those two well I have it with other ones but not so I, so this is, this is what I wrote so I call myself the Brilliance and and I say that's my strategic maximizer connectedness relator and belief those in my top 10, those, and then we can kind of pack all those to the listeners, but all those strengths enable me to do the thing I do when I unveil women's brilliance. It's all Mm -hmm. those, and and, and all the, all the things that come with those strengths, right? So I love you saying the strategic maximizer, because I remember I was saying earlier before we were recording that I didn't have people saying, you're good at this, you're good at that in my life. So it took me a lot, for me, Doing, doing Clifton Strengths was my first, not my, my first, but my biggest like, this is me and the validation. Because even when I did Myers-Briggs, oh my God, so many times, INFJ, yes. And it was affirming and stuff, but it didn't give me the same kind of like confidence. Because one of the things I believe, it did it for me, it does it for my clients. When we own our strengths, when we embrace and fully, I say em- 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 embrace our brilliance, which is all our strengths and all our expertise and all of that, when we fully own that, But that's when we really shine. But that's that's like, but but that's when that gives us a confidence boost, in my opinion, like nothing else can. It's a validation. Like I knew I was. I like to make things epic. I knew I had a drive, but seeing it on paper, this is me. You
0: know what else it does for us? I mean, beside making us so much more confident in what we do, what really, really well, it helps us understand our blind spots. Yes, it helps us embrace those things we're not good at and find the tools and the people, the community, the technology we need Yes, to Pump fully show yeah. up. Exactly. Exactly. And it, it strengthens our relationships. Yeah. So if I know, I know yeah. I don't have anything in the executing domain in my really? talent and I'm self-employed. Wow. So that could be really ugly. Wow. And for the yeah. first year, I was all over the place. My yeah. strategic activator and adaptability oh, I've been wow. all over the place. Yeah. However, once I understood that, I looked at my talents and I said, if I were coaching somebody with my strengths, what would we do? What would we work on? And as soon as I hired my first assistant
1: mm-hmm. who has
0: executing domain, perfect. We started talking about these things, and not only do I say to her, Okay. You're really, really good at this. This is Mm -hmm. what you're naturally good at. If you don't want to do it, that's okay. I can do it. I'm not as good at it because even though I'm really, really good at laundry, I don't want to do it all the time. (laughs) So if there are times where you don't want to express the strength because it's a a project you don't want to do, let me know. But otherwise I'm going to lean on you to do this. And when she understood that I valued this difference and that I was delegating something that I wasn't good at, but I knew she was, our relationship got so much stronger, and every time at home and at work, that's what yeah. this does for me.
1: Yeah, because because now you you you're valid. You're making her confident about her abilities, her strengths, and, mm-hmm. and acknowledging that I don't have those. Like I think that's the thing too. Like with, when when I'm coaching clients, I'll say, "Don't you not do you not realize when that you have what's one of those I envy? Woo, woo is like my like yeah. the bottom 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 of me. I'm like, you
0: have woo."
1: you have number, number six. six. Oh my God. I envy the wooers. I'm like, y'all got the woo thing. That's why I'm on social media. I feel like I am, I know I'm putting up good stuff there, but it doesn't, I'm not an influencer. I'm not that kind of influencer person. Oh, I,
0: you influence differently. Right. I influence differently. I, so so I, that is not let me interrupt group. for a second. Yeah. I'm just going to back up a little for our listeners. Woo okay, is yeah. winning others over. And this is somebody in your life that is charming. They walk into a room of 50 people and they walk out with 50 new friends. (laughs) The beauty of Wu and my younger son has this in spades. Wow, It's in his top five. When he um, talks to somebody, it could be in a busy bar. He's 21. So it's likely going to be in a busy bar, (laughs) (laughs) but he will talk to somebody in a busy bar. And as soon as he is paying attention to this person, yeah, Everything else drops away. Mm. They feel incredibly seen and heard, even if the conversation is two minutes long. It's amazing. That's the beauty of woo. It's is, also very dangerous.
1: Woo, Wu, woo, Wu, Wu, I, I, there's a guy friend I have, and he had woo, and I know how this, I was like, how does he have woo? I didn't really see it in him. Well, we, went and i know we would we went to, to visit some um some uh resort and he i saw his wood action on and i literally was like oh, like wow <laughs> like, he it's got beautiful the, to it's watch like, i literally was awed i literally was like you just got him to give us a tour of this thing and he just, like he was just he had it on full I'm like this is how his woo shows up like and again, everybody's woo is gonna look like the next person's woo but when it's there it's like you can't miss it like it's, it's like watching a
0: rose open from a closed woo. state yeah right and yeah. all of a sudden the fragrance is exposed and yes. yes so the the danger with woo for our listeners is that many people with woo have a lot of people that think they're your best friends. And they don't understand that you don't feel as connected to them as they feel to you. Right. Because woo is the opposite of relator in that way. I'm exactly. Exactly. Sometimes you see relator and woo close together, like in mine, they're close together. That's but awesome. it, it is, it can be, it can be tricky navigating woo sometimes. So you have to learn a lot of strategies to use your woo. Luckily, my younger son also has responsibility. Mm. So he doesn't take it lightly that yeah. he has this natural talent. And he, he knows he that people are getting,
1: it. people are getting hooked into him and, and his persona. And if, once you're aware of that, you can be more responsible with how you dish that out. Right. Exactly. Like, you know what Very you conscious. Do. Conscious. So, of it.
0: Yeah. I want to back up a little bit because I don't want to miss this opportunity. And we only have a few more minutes. Um, And you mentioned that your results changed really significantly. And mm-hmm. for our listeners, when I do StrengthsFinder with people, I generally don't see significant changes after the age of about 35 mm-hmm. for women. Sometimes what I'll see is significant changes in younger people. And the reason for that, that I've experienced with over a thousand clients that I've worked with this tool um, is that at up until a certain age, you're constantly being exposed to different ways of approaching things. Mm-hmm. So what works for you at 19 or 20 is great. And it is absolutely a strength. So don't dismiss your results at 19 or 20. You would take it again in five or six years, because especially if you've had any significant changes in your life, yeah. you left college, you started your first job, you joined the Navy, you got married, all of those significant changes in your life expose you to different ways of approaching problems and relationships. And so you it's not surprising to see shifts in mm-hmm. your top strengths. And then again, in your 30s and maybe early 40s, you'll see some shifts again because of significant transition and transformation in your life. You're exposed to different ways of approaching things. Mm-hmm. So if you have a scary diagnosis, um, tragic c- circumstance in your life, a divorce, empty nesting, mm-hmm. a big shift in your career, you go back to school, all of those things can affect your results. In general, my experience has been that pretty much over 35 to 40, if there's significant change, it's because there was significant change in their lives.
1: lives. Exactly. Exactly. But it's rare to see it. Yeah. So it's interesting. So I don't know if we were recording when we were talking about this, but I had done my strengths, I, I forget, a few years ago and they were great, but something had felt, I felt like something was missing. Like or something wasn't connecting. My connector was like something's not connecting all the way with my strengths, right? <laughs> so I was resisting. Like I had to do it, even though I was very happy with how, what they what they said and how they laid out. I was like I couldn't resist it anymore. I, we took we took we took uh, we took the assessment. Uh, it was this year? So not that long ago, and I was floored. I was telling Sarah that one of the things I felt should have been in my top ten or at least my top fifteen was maximized, and it was nowhere near there. The big shift with this with the doing, redoing the assessment is. Then maximizing became number two. And it made perfect sense to me and, and my and who I am. The other big shift was strategic. It was number 10. And I would be the one telling my strategic clients, you've got strategic. You are so smart, lady. You did it. Thinking of myself as not as smart as they because I'm number 10, whatever. I'm just in my head, I'm like, well, they're really strategic. Right. All those, all those internal all dialogues going that, on. Realizing that the whole time, it's number one. It had been number one for me. And when when I saw it, I literally was like, what? But it was kind of like a word of like, what? Yes, like, like yes, Natalie. And so I don't. It's interesting, Sarah. I'm not. Um. So other other ones kind of like were like the connector related. with all they shifted a little bit? Didn't want dramatic shifts. Those are my like two. And belief. Belief came in that wasn't in there before. That was another big shift. That's number eight. And at first I was like, belief. Why believe? And it didn't. But then the more I be, unpacked it for myself and I need to do more work on my my new strength because I haven't really done as much work as, as the first time around. What I get about that for me is you see how my conviction when I'm convicted is extremely strong. Absolutely. I cannot, when I'm convicted about something, I don't know how to not be strong about, like, I don't know how to be soft on it. That mm-hmm. is my belief in action. So it's mm-hmm. like, Oh, wow. So This new slate of order of rankings of my strength, really, it's interesting. It has shifted. So the first time I did it was a big shift. The second time of redoing it this year is a new, um, somewhat versions of ourselves, right? So this Mm -hmm. version of my stuff that's being unveiled to me, of myself, is now seeing, looking back on my life and my careers and different things, you have always been really savvy. You've always been really ahead of things. But I used to think of when I would explain things to people, they wouldn't understand me. And I thought that that's because I was stupid or I wasn't that smart or I'm not communicating well. And now I see it as because you were always ahead and they didn't know what you were speaking, but they they hadn't caught up yet with where your brain had caught, where your brain had gone with it.
0: You hadn't taken Uh, them along for the ride. Had not, because I didn't know. strategic
1: Exactly. And I didn't know so now that I'm more aware that this is really my top strength, it makes me more well, humble, but also like, okay, Natalie, you've got this. A- again, another kind of confidence of you've got this in terms of, I-, I can't explain it, Sarah. It's like in the work I do, I work at really savvy women. That's who that's who I'm drawn, that's who just drawn to me. But that makes sense now too. Um, right. Before I would be a little bit intimidated, but now I'm not because I'm like you've got this. To you, you're right there with them with that. So it's just mm-hmm. like this again, confidence boosting. Um, and- Listen,
0: I I want to know what changed in your life. Did you become self employed in that time? Did you change? No, no. Did you move? I mean, did your clientele shift dramatically? Like what what happened in that time that you yeah. Started to be exposed to this different way of approaching things.
1: Yeah, I, I so I so I think what I what I can explain for from my from that is uh, Sarah is that I think it's the clientele. I when I when I had done my assessment the first time I was I think it was two thousand eighteen or something, and I hadn't I wasn't really coaching that. I was just starting to coach, and so within that time from eighteen to to twenty twenty two. I coach more people and the caliber the, the people I'm coaching right now are high achieving, really phenomenal women. And so there were times when I'd be like, Oh my God, I can't, I, can I help her because she's so amazing. But I think it's in me growing into understanding of before I did the strengths again, I was like, Oh no, Natalie, you're, you're tracking with her. She, you know, you're right there. And so I think it's before me doing the assessment again, I think it's me owning what i was bringing to my work and my work with my clients that allowed me to again when i we took the assessment i was like okay natalie no assumptions you you're, you're not gonna you don't even know what the questions are or whatever you are gonna just answer this and you don't know what you, you don't know you have, to have any res- results in mind you're just doing it again because you're so curious about that part that you felt that wasn't connecting from the first time you did it and so i really do believe the shift in me was in me owning my own brilliance to be honest Sarah. Mm-hmm.
0: No, that makes sense. As yeah. I said, there's a there's a transformation involved here in terms of being exposed to a different way of approaching things. Yeah. And that's that was what you were exposed to in those in those years, was a different way of approaching things and part of that was confidence.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It I mean, I feel mm-hmm. like for me personally, it's been it's been one of the biggest confidence boosters about my abilities. Then, then I, then I, I can't think of anything else, but honestly, and that's what I speak about in my book. It's your time to shine, girl. I have a whole chapter on confidence and a whole, and a whole chapter on strengths, not just good and strengths, but strength because I can, because I love it. And because I see, I see the transformative impact of owning your strengths and what they can do for you and how you posture yourself as a leader and how you posture yourself as a woman. Like to me, Sarah. whatever tool you use, whatever assessment you use, leaning into
0: and embracing the results, and and being self-reflective oh, Lee. in Lee. a way that says, I, "I don't need to hide this," and I know I was criticized for this before, but that's because I didn't understand it, and neither did the people around me. Absolutely, and that Absolutely. was my command when I saw that on my talents. I thought that's not a talent; that's a burden for What's a woman.
1: Command for, for you. Oh, my goodness, Sarah. Another one I'm envious of. Oh, yeah. I love and the fun.
0: And yet, and I, I tell this story a lot, my mom and her twin sister used to call me bossy all the time. Oh, wow. And yeah. I even had a boss who said, well, sometimes you're kind of
1: bossy. I I totally make sense why you would want to distance yourself from that. Absolutely, especially women, as a woman. And a lot of women have the same, exactly, the same exact issue. That same experience. Yeah. Exactly. So... Uh, owning
0: that and understanding where it got in my way in the past, seeing the patterns. I think the, the most powerful use of this tool that I've experienced is seeing the patterns associating mm-hmm. my behavior with the patterns mm-hmm. and then understanding what, how I can present it differently, still bring my whole self. My command shows up everywhere I go, but I, as I, back to the amplifier image, sometimes it's turned down to a 5 instead of up to a 9 or a 10 yeah and um and then sometimes yeah, yes. when it's appropriate i turn that dial up to a 10 yes but it's having that image in my head really helps me understand okay this isn't the best time for my command to show up high I mm-hmm. never turn it down below a five because it's part of me I have well, to embrace yeah, it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But
0: if I if I think, well, my strategic really would be more beneficial in this case. <laughs>
1: I'll turn up the strategic and turn down the command. I, I love I turn that. up my
0: curiosity.
1: Yes. I love the idea of turning up and turning down. And for me, I would say in my top five, the one I have to turn down a lot is that achiever, because that mm-hmm. achiever is what made me, it could make you so focused on the, the The achievement, the Mm -hmm. goal that you missed the journey. And that was me. And and that's a whole other part we don't have but like that was me. (laughs) Because I know the downside of high achiever, there are times I have to literally consciously turn it down, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. and not be so focused on that, but be focused on the relationships or whatever it is in, you know what I mean? In my life that, Mm -hmm. that matter more than achieving a goal or whatever.
0: Have you ever found that sometimes your achiever will set an arbitrary goal just for the sake
1: of having a goal? My achiever is very—I would say my achiever has a little bit of competitiveness in it. Absolutely, it's like literally, like in my my book, it's like you've got to get it. I was like, who's nobody's telling me that is just my my timeline. But it's literally like I was on it. I was like, oh. Talk about being committed to my goals. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need accountability partners because I got it. I know how to be accountable to myself because that achiever, oh my gosh, that will whip my butt every time. But like you're saying, there are times when I do not have to be, like this presentation I'm about to give in an, in a, in an hour and a half, where it's like, okay, Natalie, just go with the flow. Do not focus on a goal. Just be present to whatever shows up because I can't even plan it. It's, it's a lot of, yeah. Let's coach this through. You can <laughs> still set a goal,
0: but your goal has to be curiosity and people oriented instead yeah. of task oriented.
1: Yeah. Like I want it to be fun. I mean, it's like i all, but it's like there 100, you go. 100 people. And I'm like, whoa, I expected this much smaller group. So here's the thing. I'm like, okay, it's bigger than I anticipated. It, I'm not going to be able to be as interactive and use my relational strengths as I wanted to, but I wanted, but I want to use it still a little bit and I want it to be fun and light as opposed to about this. Yeah, it's what I want you to know. Da, 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 da. Like, you know, like right. I definitely not bringing that vibe at all. So <laughs> under pressure of making it back to my maximizer, making it. What's the word you will use there? Not epic. I don't even want to use epic. Let's use the word stellar, whatever. I have to pull that way down too because it's like Natalie, It may not be stellar, but that's okay if it's not stellar. It just has to be good.
0: Yes. Well, in setting the goal of having having fun and making it fun, your goal is at the end of it, that it was fun for you. And that because when it's fun for you, it's fun for everybody else. I know that as a musician, when I'm performing on stage, Mm -hmm. if if our band is having fun and we're laughing and having a good time while we're performing, guaranteed the
1: audience is having fun. So I love that. The the I want to have fun. I actually do want to have fun, actually. So I'm gonna make that and you will. Goal. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have fun, and so they will have fun. That's my goal. That's my goal.
0: Yay! Perfect. Yay. It's perfect. I am so glad that we got a chance to talk about this because I I so rarely get to mm-hmm. um hear this description of using strengths as a coach and also understanding your own strengths and seeing that dynamic of shift um, particularly as you saw your significant shifts that idea that it didn't feel like it quite connected for you in the way that you knew it could Mm -hmm. like you knew it's kind of like somebody who really needs to go see a counselor and Mm then the the first one it's just not right
1: and just
0: stopping and going well I'm just not going to see a counselor they actually know that there's more to it so they Try another one, and then yeah. try another one until they find one that fits. Like, um, oh, but in wow. yeah, in this case, you knew it wasn't going to take more than one time because you just you trusted yourself, you trusted your instincts, and you trusted the tool. Yeah, and like any tool, um, giving it that benefit of the doubt of saying, "Well, I'm going to try it again. I'm not going to try to game it, but yeah. it has something to tell me." Yeah, so I'm going to listen, whether it's right now or in five years when I take it
1: again yeah, oh, I love that. It's so powerful. I, I, I it was literally like I literally I'm still unpacking it because it's, it's only doesn't not been that long ago. And it, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking of. I'm glad I took the risk. And like you said, like I didn't, it wasn't a gaming thing. It was more like my instincts were saying something to me and I want to know. And I, I was there, I was scared too. I was like, I don't want to lose my Like <laughs> <right>. I <know. laughs> It's so I funny
0: can't. when we do that. Like we've created an identity around yeah, our exactly, strengths. Exactly. Exactly. There's danger in that. It's just like creating identity around our job, right? Around like,
1: anything it oh, is dangerous in creating exactly. anything. Anything. It's malleable
0: yeah we,
1: we evolve, and we're multifaceted beings who evolve and grow and keep evolving and growing. And so, as coaches, you and I know that, but even as coaches, we can get very comfortable in the identity that you know that we like or whatever. and right. it feels good. <laughs> yeah, it feels good, exactly, exactly. This was awesome oh, Sarah. so great.
0: So um before we uh, end the call for our listeners, how can people get in touch with you and the name of your book? And so our listeners know, all of this information will be in the show notes associated with this podcast at ElkinsConsulting.com. And also, um, I'd love to hear it straight from you. Where do you want people to to follow you? And what are you sharing that, that people will want to be participating in in mm-hmm. your community?
1: Yeah, so everything's um I try to keep everything on my website. The my business is called The Unveiled Way. Um that's the Unveiled. The word unveiled U N V E I L E D Way.com. Um my book which is released as of October to 2022 is called my second book it's called "It's Your Time to Shine, Girl." It's a leadership and empowerment book. So, you're, it, it, everything I talk about, I share a lot of my own stories in the book. Um, it's, it's been very impactful. The reviews I've gotten so far. So proud of that work. My first book is "From the to Fabulous," bonding. It's a whole other kind of book, but also a great book. Um, in terms of, I'm on Instagram. I am not on Facebook, so I'm uh, on Instagram at the Unveiled Way. Um, I am on LinkedIn. You can find me by my name, Natalie Joberty. I try to be very active on LinkedIn. Um, And I have a leadership assessment somewhere on my side. You can see um, in in my, um, I think it's on the top bar, actually, who you are is how you lead. And I call it the the Leadership Brand Brilliance Guide. That's a free quiz to help you figure out your leadership brand. If you want to take that, please feel free to do that, listeners. Um, Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. That's great. And just, I want to
0: thank you, first of all, for for taking the time and spending this time with me and reaching out to me um, and following up with me. I also want to thank you for being the kind of coach who is constantly developing yourself. Absolutely. I, I hire a coach periodically to work with me because I believe in what I do. And I know that I can only be the best coach I can if I'm constantly working and developing myself. So Absolutely. I want to thank you for also being that kind of coach. I, yeah. I don't think... and. For those of you listeners who have ever considered hiring a coach, whether that's um, a StrengthsFinder coach or a leadership coach or business coach, maybe that's a question you can ask them Mm. when you're interviewing coaches. Mm -hmm. Who are you working with? What are you working on? Because if they're not hiring a coach themselves, then they may not believe in it as much as you need them to believe in it.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, and they may not be invested in their own growth and development as much as you want to be invested in their own growth and development as well. Because the more we grow, as you said, Sarah, the more capacity we have to help our clients and to guide them on their journey. So yeah, I'm, we're, we're sisters in that. <laughs> story, friend. Absolutely. Personal well, mine is my middle name. Yes.
0: Yes. yes, in a healthy way and not in a disturbing a judgmental very way. Healthy way. <laughs> very healthy way.
1: <laughs> Natalie, thank you so much for joining me today. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on Sarah.
0: Smile, what's the use of crying? You'll find that life is still worthwhile if you just smile.